You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 560. It starts with the finances, right? It starts with, because that's always the measuring stick. How successful are you professionally, right? That's the first thing that kind of comes, but it's not really that. It's the idea that you get to have the flexibility of schedule. It's the idea that you're going to be the example to your family forever of not having to live the same in-the-box life as everybody else. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know without a shadow of a doubt that finding discounted properties is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, and I am telling you, if I can do it, so can you. So let's get started. I'm excited because I've got in the TTP studios here in Phoenix, Arizona, two extremely successful real estate wholesalers, flippers, investors out of Seattle, Washington. But before I introduce them, one second, this podcast is a story. This podcast is a story of two lives. There's two lives that happen once you really dedicate yourself to real estate investing. That's the life you had before you discovered it and the life that you have after you discover wholesaling real estate. So it is. I am so excited to introduce all the way from the beautiful state of Washington, Mr. Brennan Barth, Mr. Jeremy Mack. Connell, how are you guys? Good. Great. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us, Brent. It's awesome. an honor and a pleasure to be on the show. Well, I'm excited to have you guys here. So obviously, I introduced this. I built this up. This is something that's exciting, and I think this is something that's really important. And you, Brendan, were the one that said, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with this podcast, but I'd like to talk about how we did this part-time for so long to build this up to do over, I mean, you guys have done hundreds of deals. Correct. Right? Yes. A lot of deals. This isn't isn't amateur stuff. This is real life, millions of dollars worth of real estate investing income to you guys, but it started part-time. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Part-time for me was 2013. I literally was stuck in the rat race. Yeah. Getting up every morning, going to work, doing the same thing, working for the same people day after day. What was the job? Uh, I was a parks maintenance technician. So I worked for the local parks department. Great job. Uh, I was there for over 10 years. I could have continued doing that forever if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, however, I just was ending up in the same place month after month with the same income, mm. not able to do what I wanted to do for myself and my family. Sure. So woke up one morning, I've told Jeremy the story many times, Googled wholesaling, or Google, actually Googled something along the lines of how to invest when you're broke. How to invest or, in real estate? How to, just in, how to do anything oh. when you're broke. I was broke. Yeah. Even though I had this great job and I had everything I needed month after month, sure. ending back up at zero. Yeah. And I was over it. Right. Like you said, the life I had before and the life I have now. Yeah. So I started with a Google search and literally found, I think it was at Dan Merrill, mm-hmm. Wholesaling Bible. Sure. Read it in one day. Yeah. Was off and running. Yeah. Um, I think I told Jay I had to deal a week later. 
Get out of here. Get out of town, right? Oh, yeah. my gosh. So my journey in wholesaling started quick. Yeah. Um, happened fast. I had two deals in my first month. Um, so this is, th- you started in 2013? 13, yep. Nights okay. and weekends. And this is just you. Just so you me. get up, you go to work, like literally a nine to five, because this Absolutely. is like a government job, right? right? Correct. You got the benefits. You probably got some sort of pension if you stay long All of enough. That. The whole the, thing. The golden handcuff. Sure. Right? Yep. Sure. So, I mean, you're living life, but it's, you know. It's the interesting thing. Everybody that sits in these chairs has the same thing, or anybody that I interview, or anybody that's in the TTP family has the same thing. We have that like pilot light inside of us, that fire inside of our belly that's like, you know, life's good, but it's not. There's more. There's more to it. Not not quite what I wanted, right? right? And I think this is important. It starts with the finances, right? It starts with, because that's always the measuring stick. How successful are you professionally, right? That's the first thing that kind of comes, but it's not really that. It's the idea that you get to have the flexibility of schedule. It's the idea that you're going to be the example to your family forever of not having to live the same in-the-box life as everybody else. Yeah, ultimately, no matter what, every day I was giving my time for a paycheck. Of course. And that was not going to change. Right. And like I said, I was never ahead. Right. End of every month. Yeah. Just a couple hundred bucks. Right. Can't take family on vacation. If anything goes wrong in life, I could never handle it. Mm-hmm. So I was literally broke and wanted to change. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, I think the listener should hear this. I started with no money. Yeah. I had no credit, no money. I was dating a guy who's now my wife. Mm-hmm. She let me borrow like four or five hundred dollars to start this thing off. Sure. We bought letters, pens, postcards, uh, stamps. Yeah. We bought a small list of less than 500 people. Sure. I think it was absentee owners. Mm-hmm. We went after it. And like I said, I had a deal off Craigslist and a deal off my first set of mailers that we hand wrote together mm-hmm. every night. Yeah. We'd do like 20 of them a night, send them out every day. Yeah. And uh, got two deals in the first month. What was that like when you were getting your first phone calls from sellers? I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I remember. It's so funny because I would start off. I started out uh, door knocking, right? And I'd go through the whole neighborhood. Now, I I have a real estate license. I would either list a property or I'd look to to buy it or put it under contract for what I thought was for my investors. So I didn't even know what wholesaling was. But I remember one of the techniques we would do is the ugliest houses, Myself and my partner at the time, Dustin, we would write down the addresses. We kept a little little clipboard. We'd walk around with a little clipboard, and we'd write down the address, and we would write him a handwritten note. note. Yep. A handwritten note that was very simple. Hi, my name is Brent Daniels, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to see if you would consider a cash offer in your property. Call me and just put a number. And we did deals like that. I mean, this right. is this is the same time. Blew I mean, my mind. Yeah. I mean, people called. People got back to us. It was It was awesome. Yeah. How about you, Jeremy? Yeah, so I have like a two-part. Uh, so my mom actually, before I got to college when I was 17, gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And at that point, I was psychologically unemployable. I just knew yep. this was it. It bit. Mm-hmm. So I flipped my first house when I was 18, got crushed in 08. Yeah. And I uh, was like, oh, I'm never doing real estate again. I checked it every day. I was looking at like Redfin, Zillow, and just watched the market and realized I need to get back in. Bought a rental in 2014 and then learned about wholesaling in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then it was right from there. I mean, my first deal was my neighbor. Um, I was kind of aware of off-market investing and stuff like that. And I had a mentor that was working with me at that time. Okay. But I, I knew that this was a distressed property. Went over there. She, I knew she owed nothing. And she was just about to lose the house. Mm-hmm. So we ended up wholesaling. How was she going to lose the house? Uh, she did a hard money loan or some type of draw against, she had no mortgage. Yeah. 
and she couldn't afford the payment. Uh, like a balloon she just needed the income, the money? Yeah, she needed the money to support her life, uh-huh. and then she needed to get out. So we were able to... Uh, How did you the- find out about this? Actually, my neighbor told me that she had paid off the margin, was going through some stuff. Yeah. And I just walked across the street and knocked on the door. It's amazing what happens when you just talk to your neighbors, huh? Talk to people. (laughs) Well, and that's the interesting thing that I found even when I was out door knocking was a lot of the times the people wouldn't answer or it might be vacant. Mm -hmm. And somebody on that street knew what was happening. So I knocked two houses next to it and the four across the street. And one of those eight neighbors answered the door and gave me the scoop. And I would just say, hey, listen, I'm looking, I'm interested in buying that house right there. Um, do you know, is there a way that, that I can get in touch with the, the owner? And it was like... They know everything happening on the street, right? I mean, they would just go crazy. Sometimes they would give us the phone number. Sometimes they would tell us when the best time was to come by to talk to them. Sometimes they would give their card to the neighbor. The neighbor would call us. You know, it was interesting. But just getting into that face-to-face, I think, is really powerful, especially in some of the markets that you guys work in where... You, I mean, we're talking Seattle. We're talking big time mm-hmm. property. I mean, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a deal breakdown, everybody, guys. Uh, that these guys made over seventy thousand dollars on a million dollar property, and it's really really interesting because we don't have a lot of people talking right, about right. million dollar properties. But you know, Seattle's Seattle's a fist fight, right? Yeah. I mean, you guys are in a, in a fist fight. So we'll get to that in a second. So how did you guys connect? So we connected, uh, we've known each other for quite a bit of time through business, yeah. uh, through a friend, and in Through real estate. Through yep. real estate. Okay. In 2016, when I got that ball rolling and I was getting into wholesaling, we would collaborate on a couple of deals, and that was 2018, I think is when we did our first mm-hmm. collaboration. Awesome. And we looked and we were like, this was easy. We should do this more often. Yeah. And, and we were uh, tracking kind of on the same track. He, oh, yeah. He was a weekends and night guy. Yeah. Going to work every day, but yeah. crushing wholesale deals. Yeah. I was doing the same thing, and it was like we were on this parallel path. What was the oh, job yeah. you had? So I was working for what I call the farm, State Farm. And I was just okay. doing, yeah, cubicle, data entry. Yeah. And uh, But I've always been on track to just get out. I knew I needed to get out. So we Psychologically unemployable. That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> I love that so much. Psychologically yes. unemployable. I feel the exact same. Sure. Right? And I worked on him so. for months. Yeah. I was like, dude, just quit. So let's go yeah. into this. How did you do it? I mean, you had the nine and five. Yep. One, what's going on mentally? Is it, are, are you thinking at some point something's going to happen? Like, how does After that- I got that first deal, I was like, okay, there's something here. But it must have taken me 25 plus deals before I realized that it would keep right. repeating. Right. Every day I'd wake up and be like, is this going to happen again? Am I going to find another motivated seller? Mm-hmm. And I would, and mm-hmm. I would, and I would. So I think my first year part-time, I did six deals. Mm. The next year I did 12. Mm-hmm. The following year I did 24 deals while mm-hmm. working full-time and raising a family. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, there's something here. I've so wait a second. It. You went three years I, before you quit your job. Five years. You went five years? I got to the point where I was making four or five times more than I was making at work every year on nights and weekends. And finally, I was like, this is bonkers, right? I have to stop going to work. Why, why didn't times. you quit the first year? I was very scared to quit. I had, the, like you said, the retirement program. I had the medical benefits, mm-hmm. the golden handcuffs. Yeah. And just, it was a lim- self-limiting deal, right? Yeah. I didn't think this could really be a thing and yeah. turn it into a company. So um, oh my God. eventually I got got the cojones to do it. And uh, as soon as I quit, I started calling this guy. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's kind of like we have very similar why and vision. That's why we align so well. 
And I was all about, I need to stack so much cash, buy rentals. So all, and we're both on the same page. We still just stack our cash Mm -hmm. to buy the rentals. We Mm -hmm. want the passive income. So same thing. I was, I created a goal. I was like, I'm not going to leave my job until I have five properties because that was in the market that I was investing in. That would work for my, my monthly nut. So for us, it was kind of similar in that case, but I wasn't ready to pull. I was like, no, no, I got to make the five. But then I realized how how good we were working together, how big our company was growing. We we're in the same same vision, same why. Yeah. And then just made the decision. All right, I got to fully commit to this. A lot of the reason too was to show that I was all in. I mean, mm-hmm. we already had proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Like like he said, we knew the deals were going to keep going. I need to be able to work more than that that two, three, four hours at night. And I was working seven days a week to make it happen, but still right. I needed more hours. Yeah. How important do you think it was to save up? Before you made the decision, because I say you need to have six months saved up in your personal account for your personal, for all of your costs, all of your your monthly costs, all of your expenses every single month. And then you can make that decision to go into this full time. But I see so many people and you guys have seen it too, start it really, really soon. And the issue is the pressure oftentimes and not gets too heavy than the timeline to be successful and get consistency. And it's not that people aren't putting in a ton of effort. It's not that people aren't taking enough action. It's just the timeline to close these deals. People don't, sometimes these deals take 45 days to close. Sometimes you talk to somebody and it's not till 90 days later that you actually get paid on these things. And that's a very, that, that should be for everybody out there listening, that should be the mentality is, 90 days minimum from the time you talk to them to the time you close. Now, there are people that go in one week and uh, (laughs) one month and whatever else that start getting these things faster and quicker. But the timeline to actually getting the money in your account and not having to spend a ton every single month on all the different resources and tools and training and whatever else that people are investing in, it gets stressful. So for everybody out there, listen to these guys. These guys built it on a rock solid economic foundation that said, we're going to, we're going to stack up a ton of money five years. And we put those rentals in place. Right. We each have rentals. So that would, you know, getting that monthly income was a little bit of a buffer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the straw that, that broke it all? What was the decision and how did you handle going into your boss's office and saying, this is it? I pre-planned that for years, and then it wasn't as climatic as I thought, but, um, you know, I was looking forward to that day. And for me, it was just a freedom thing. Mm -hmm. My job was pretty much the same thing day after day with the same people, same hours, and I wanted that freedom. I wanted to be able to pick my kids up from school, Mm -hmm. wasn't able to do that before, go where I want, do what I want, when I want. Love it. I was over it. Yeah. So yeah. that was it. That was there it. wasn't a, a moment that you were like, okay, I'm walking in and I'm quitting today. No, I think it just for, for whatever <laughs> you reason. You just didn't show up? Yeah, I just didn't show up. No. <laughs> no, I went in, I, did, I gave my two weeks, did, did the whole thing um, correctly, I guess you could say. But uh, Did they know it was coming? I think so, absolutely. And I think everyone I can't there ima- knew. I can't yeah, imagine yeah. you weren't talking to everybody about what everybody you Everybody knew it was coming. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, what a great day, right? What an awesome mm-hmm. day. Pretty scary day, I guess, but it's worked out. So let me, I could imagine. let me see. How old were you then? Let's see. That was, I'm 40 now. That was in 2018. So like 38, 37. Okay. So you went elementary school, junior high, right. high school, college? College. college. Dropped, dropped out of college. Okay. Yep. And then job. Then job. Right into my job. So structure, 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 yep. structure, 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 structure. 
boom. Freedom at 38. Yes. And I think two years into it, I still wake up going, am I supposed to be somewhere right now? <laughs> what, what am I supposed to be yeah. doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a real adjustment, right? Oh, yes, yeah. Yes. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, you're feeling like in the back of your head, like, Am I supposed to be somewhere? Yep. You know, am yep. I, yep. what am I supposed to be doing right now? Um, with that being said, though, I yeah. would say we easily, I don't know about Jeremy, but I feel like I work more now than I did sure. going to work eight of hours course. a day. It's just different work, different yeah. set of stuff. But um, yeah, what a, what a transition. What a transition. Yep. How about you? Yeah, mine was uh, anticlimactic. It was just, uh, I had dreamed about this for so long because mm-hmm. um, I always wanted to leave my job. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, I went into the job knowing I was going to get out because yep. I had freedom before that. So I wrote the email, sent it off. Uh, my boss was really cool. I worked with a really great team. They're all aware of it. I mean, I was taking calls for like an hour or two, closing deals on... Hopping into the bathroom to call me. Hey, yeah. where are we at on this one? Yeah. And taking my computer and going to different rooms that I could work. And it was like, all right, this I got to do this. Awesome. Everyone knew. And so, you know, it was, I think it was about two weeks or a week, week or two weeks. Awesome. Yep. Not looking back. So let's break down this deal because we had talked about it. You had talked to, I think you had reached out to me, the text or we talked or whatever about this deal on a lake, right? Yes. Apparently, we don't have uh, deals on lakes here in Phoenix. <laughs> We've noticed okay. that. Yeah. So, uh, but you guys do. So what, what happened with this? Let's go through the whole thing. I want to know what lead generation you used. What list was it? Like, let's go through break all the four pillars down. And sure. if this is your first time listening, anytime that you are um, talking with a distressed property owner, you want to pre-qualify them based on four things. The condition of the property, their timeline to sell that property, their motivation to sell that property, or what is their problem that they're currently going through, and what is the price. So those are the four things that we're looking at. So we'll break those down here. So how did you first come in contact with this seller? It's a good story, actually. I think this deal first came to me Mm -hmm. two years ago, I think through a postcard. Okay. And I tried to move it. Mm-hmm. I was unable to get the price that we currently had it at. Okay. Um, so I had a little, a little bit higher number. Yeah. Talked to everybody in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Was not able to sell it. Lost the deal. Forgot about the deal. Mm-hmm. Then just one day told Jeremy about it. Like, hey, I had a shot at this waterfront property a year mm-hmm. or so ago. He's like, let's see if it's still available. I went back through, dug up the guy's business card. I kind of passed it off because I'd probably worn out my time with this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. I said, Jeremy, why don't you give him a shot? Yeah. So Jeremy reached out to him and got him back on the line. Gosh, we got him at like a million, which I think was a couple hundred thousand dollars cheaper yeah. than the year yeah. previous. He was at 1.3 to start. Okay. And down to yeah. a million fifty. So you send him a postcard. Hey, we, we'll pay cash for your house. Fair offer. Here yeah. it comes, yeah. right? Yeah. Classic postcard. Yeah. He called. Okay. So what was his, why did he want to sell this property? It's in horrible shape. It was a hoarder house, um, you know, like with the pathway through no. lined with oh, stuff yeah. that like probably floor to ceiling, floor to ceiling, oh, yeah. floor to ceiling. probably had been there vacant for at least 20 years. Um, so like a storage unit for this oh, guy. Oh, my gosh. Right? Carport okay. was completely filled. With so stuff. he didn't live there. He no. did not live there. This and, was just his little hidey hole. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think other wholesalers had tried to move it in years prior as well. Yeah, sure. So a lot of people have seen it. He just really was stubborn on that number. And uh, Jeremy was finally able to get him down where we needed to be. And What did you say to him? So uh, the big thing, I mean, we do this on, on all our calls or sellers. We found out what's the obstacle. Like, why are you not selling? Why, you know, what do you need at this point? And at that time, he wanted $50,000 released to him. Something of that nature. So we, we did that. And then he wanted a, a long timeline. Mm-hmm. There was stuff that he believed was really important. Of course, yes. Um, and by the way, real quick, listen, 
Anytime you're running into a hoarder situation where they've got a lot of stuff in there, there's always secret treasures somewhere in the house that they try to prolong the timeline. Now remember, time kills all deals. So if you need to help them remove junk, hire somebody, get through it, help them, you know, kind of put things, put a storage box in front of there, you know, that whole thing, do that because it helps it out. But it sounds like this guy wanted to kind of go through it himself. Yeah, and we already had it sold. So I was all about just, okay, we need to get this locked up. Who cares about the timeline? We offered even to start, like, we'll we'll help you move stuff out. Mm-hmm. We got to the point where we were like, hey, we'll we'll start storage units so you can move your stuff. Yes. We'll hire a we are. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we ended up, before the deal closed, we did actually financially help him get some stuff out. Yeah. But we got it closed, and it was one of the most difficult properties. So the condition... How big is this house? Do you remember? Yeah, it's it's not too big. It's like a three one, and it's probably between thirteen to eighteen hundred square feet. So it's a thousand dollars a square foot is what he was asking for. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my! For a lake house, gosh. a very small home on Lake Washington. Every, everybody property. listening in like the the lower price markets is like, <laughs> what is going on in Washington? Yeah. I'm feeling that way. Anyway, so so it's not a huge house. So once all the stuff's out, it's not a terribly expensive renovation to where it's like half a million bucks, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got this thing at a million. The condition is basically everything needs to be done? Everything. I mean, most people were looking at it as like a teardown. Right. The end buyer ended up uh, keeping the property in its condition and then just remodeled it. Right. Not fully blown out, but to give it some room for someone to go all out on it. Right. So condition, totally rough, renovation, timeline. He was ready. Now, I mean, he's been ready for two years, right? I mean, he's been he's just been holding out for his price. Hold what out, made yeah. him decide now? Was it just the this year? Was it this situation? Was it just something changed in his life? What made him accept that million dollar offer now? Um, I think the difference was we were we were there to help. Got and it. like he had experience with uh, Brendan and I brought, you know, I said, Hey, I'm partnered with Brendan. You spoke with him a couple years ago. We're ready to move forward on this deal. And then we just pushed hard on our price said, this is, this is all we can pay. You've tried this multiple times and we solved some of his problems and mm-hmm. we gave him that timeline. Yeah. We gave him like did. three months. Yeah. yeah. It was a nine yeah. day close. Cool. Yeah. And he stayed with it. And he stayed with it. We had to ride him pretty hard. Oh, we yeah, rode him pretty hard. Yeah. Getting older and had some health issues. Sure. But, um, yeah. We just walked him through it. Yeah. And he ended up leaving about ten thousand dollars worth of stuff. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. there was an additional cost, but uh, okay. there's more what, clear out. What yep. can you do? Right. Yeah, we sure. got the property and got it closed. Love it. Mm-hmm. And so um he wanted one three, you got him down to one million. What did you sell it for? We sold it for I guess it'd be one million seventy five. One million seventy five. And you netted how much? Seventy five thousand. Come on, guys. Ring the bell. Ring the <laughs> Let bell. it go. Yeah, Let it go. rip, man. <laughs> That's always a good sound. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Just like that. Yeah. Just yeah. from, and it's it's really interesting because a lot of times we're finding when we're going back through our database of past leads for the last six, seven years, we're finding just wonderful deals right. tucked in there that we didn't remember were there. So you guys were really smart going back to it. And then it's just reopening that conversation with being proactive yes. and making a call. Yeah, Absolutely. I think that's really important note for the listeners. Yeah. I would say 50% of our deals mm-hmm. are people that have been on our CRM or our follow-up system for over six months. Right. It's very few deals come in and we actually get them right away and close sure. them right away. It's mm-hmm. a small number of deals for us anyway in our business. 
seems like we talk to these people for three months, six months, even a year, yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then finally get them on online. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We do rapid follow up and we're always staying in touch. We try to leave an impact so they can remember us. But we resurrect a lot of deals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what lead generation do you do now that keeps you so successful in one of the toughest markets in the country? I think this is a good time to bring up a great yes. point of how your program helped yeah. us really transition. Yeah. Um, I think both of us, when we were doing the one-man thing on the nights, nights and weekends, we were reactive. Sure. We were sending mail. We were posting ads yeah. and waiting for people to contact us. With the TTT program, became proactive. Right. So we started a call center. We've got three full-time callers, a full-time texter. Awesome. And now we're reacting. Uh -huh. um, yeah, it's nice. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so that was a game changer. I mean, game changer. Absolutely put gasoline on our fire. For, for sure. sure. Yep. And we're still seeing it. I mean, we, we love the whole program of having callers that we can get the list out to them and then yep. we, can get, we can hit them twice texting. Mm -hmm. We still do a little bit of mail, but it's very, very specific on what type of property we're going right. Same with us. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Batch. We're using the texting system. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Batchleads.io, Batch right. guys. Listen, Batchleads.io, use the coupon code TTP. You get to try it out for uh, a dollar or half off the first month or something like that. Check it out. Batchleads.io. It's yeah, really we're getting slick. like a 20-something percent uh, response rate mm -hmm. on texting right now, which that's is really bananas. great. So yeah. um, we're trying to even, I think, shift even more to texting and just increase the calls. Awesome. I think we're getting yes. like 10 to 15 good leads a day. Awesome. Which is killer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So speak now to those beautiful, ambitious, talented, smart people out there that are listening and that have never done a deal before. Sure. What advice would you give them to get started in this and just take that first step? The toughest part, I think, when we're when we've got this passion is what's the first thing I can do? Right. You know what I mean? Give them give them some advice here. Imperfect action, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think I got that from you guys. Yeah. I mean, I love that term and mindset. Yeah. I think it's all about the mindset, having the belief, right, that we mm -hmm. can do. I mean, Jeremy and I wake up every day and believe that we can find deals. Yeah. So I think before you take any action, just that belief that it can happen. I mean, we're example. I'm an everyday, normal dude, terrible student, you know, <laughs> and, and it works. So yeah, I think sure. that, that, that belief and the imperfect action. Awesome. To, you don't have to everything set up perfectly, right? Just do it. Yeah. Make some calls. Talk to some people. Progress, not perfection. That's right. As I Tom Crowell says right? over and over. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and speed of implementation, like you got to be able to take what you're learning yeah. and then not be scared to just go right at it. Yeah, and it. I think that's what we've always done. We learn something and we put it right into play. I love it. Yeah. Love it. How do people reach out to you if they want to uh, congratulate you, connect with you? They're in your market. Maybe they're getting deals from other markets and or they're in a different market sending in to you for referrals. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, they can reach us at uh, Jeremy at Foursquare, and that's F-O-U-R-S-Q-R-E.com. Mm -hmm. Or Jeremy McConnell is my uh, handle for Instagram. Got it. Give him the last name. Okay, Come it's, it's M-A-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. Right. Don't see double N, double L. There we go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> awesome, guys. So happy that you guys are here. So happy that you guys are so successful. So happy that you guys are uh, a shining example of what you can do if you're working a full time. You don't have to stay stuck in it. There are two lives. There are. There are two <laughs> lives. One before wholesale and one and after. One after. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. So yeah. thanks for being it's on trend. the, on the on, show. Man. Thanks for being Thank on the you. podcast. Everybody out there listening and watching, if you are interested in joining 
joining the most proactive group in real estate investing. It is the TTP program. It is the TTP family. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check it out. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. We look forward to talking to you. And as always, I sign off by telling you and encouraging you to talk to people. Until next time, love you. See you. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.